You're listening to the Homestead Gardening for the Texas Gulf Coast podcast with Kristen Howard. In the last episodes, I discussed what you can and can't compost, as well as some composting methods you can utilize. These methods are really great if you already have an established garden and you want to have more free resources at your fingertips for each gardening season. However, I expect that new gardeners may want to get a jumpstart on their gardening experience and are more than happy to utilize those composting techniques at a later date. But for now, they're probably looking for some resources and tools that they can purchase to get started. As I expand my garden, I also need these tools at my fingertips because my property can only make so much compost each season. So I purchased from a company called The Ground Up. This is the same company I recommend to any of my clients or friends and family in the area. The Ground Up is a green waste recycling company. They allow landscapers to actually dump any of the removal landscape that they take from a property. So that's leaves, branches, and full trees. They also allow a local fruit and vegetable processing company to dump all of their fruit and vegetable waste that has not been used by consumers already. All of that fruit juice and sugar from the fruit and vegetable waste helps ramp up the microbial activity in the compost pile. And that juice from the fruit keeps the pile hydrated, which is very important. My tour guide for the day was Luis, and he informed me that that big pile of fruit and vegetable waste is delivered two or three times a day. And they only wait about 30 minutes between delivery and covering up that fruit vegetable waste pile. What they do is shred some of that material that the landscape companies dropped off into finer pieces to increase the surface area. And then that pile begins to warm up considerably as it decomposes a little bit on its own. And the pile is pushed over the fruit and vegetable waste, which supercharges the whole pile and keeps the whole pile hydrated and continues that decomposition at a slightly faster rate. When the pile is finished decomposing, it will be flipped and moved to make room for the next pile. After that, it gets screened so that it can be completely processed and those composted materials will get blended into the various mixes of soils and other types of compost that they provide. If you haven't checked out the YouTube companion episode to this podcast, you need to watch it. It's going to lead you through this tour, but my favorite compost, the leaf mold compost, was actually a segment that I got to talk about, and I was a little bit proud of myself. I did all my segments in one take, and classic me decided that I should play around in the compost pile, which is pretty typical, and I walked out of that compost area with black hands and for the rest of the video you're going to see those black hands because I cannot help myself if there's an opportunity to get dirt in my shoes and ruin my fingers I'm going to do it so basically what I learned about that leaf mold compost was 
similar to probably what I already talked about, leaf bold compost takes about 12 to 14 months to fully decompose leaves and very small related materials like branches, things with a lot of surface area. The leaf mold compost that the ground up sells includes some horse manure. This obviously creates a richer compost than what I would be able to do on my own if I'm processing only leaf mold on my property. But more importantly, a pile of leaves decomposes into a very, very small leaf mold compost. And even with the many trees on my property, it is impossible for me to produce the amount of compost that I truly need for as many growing months out of the year as we have in Houston. So I do still purchase from the ground up and I appreciate that their leaf mold compost has that little extra that I would not be able to create on my own. Another product that I purchased from the ground up that I really like using is their rose soil. And that's because this is a really versatile soil. The rose soil is blended with compost, composted fines, large grain angular sand, and composted pine bark. I can use this absolutely anywhere, especially for the ornamental gardens and rose gardens, but also it's a great product for specialty plants that are more difficult to grow in our native soils, like azaleas and hydrangeas, but I also will use this in the vegetable and herb garden as well. And that's because I use so many different amendments for my soils and fertilizers that I can manipulate my soils and save money by spending time and, and using labor. So in addition to those applications, I'll use the rose soil to backfill my fruit and ornamental trees. Um, I usually use this for any of my potted plants and especially my plastic potted plants in the greenhouse when I'm upsizing plant sizes in there. Uh, they've outgrown their plastic pots. So if you're a gardener like I am and you're willing to put in the time and the labor and you have the knowledge that you truly need to use a slightly cheaper soil that has a great texture and a great foundation like the rose soil, you can start with that product and use soil amendments and fertilizers to target each of your plants, especially if you're doing a vegetable garden where maybe you have a little bit of manipulation that you need or want to do instead of buying something more expensive. However, for new gardeners or gardeners that don't have a lot of knowledge stored in their brains, like unfortunately I do, or a really good reference guide, using a product that is more expensive may be beneficial. And it's not beneficial because it's more expensive. It should be beneficial because of what is in the product that makes it so much more expensive. So with that said, one of the Groundup's products and their highest end product, which is far and beyond the capability of the rose soil, is their My Veggie and Herb Soil. And this blend I recommend to first-time gardeners or any gardener that wants to jumpstart their gardening season and, like I said, doesn't want to put in all of that extra effort and knowledge that it would take to manipulate the soil and get a similar result. And I'll be honest, with as many additives as they have in their My Veggie and Herb Soil blend, I'm going to guess on a smaller scale, you'll spend more money trying to do the same thing on your own than buying the soil pre-blended. 
So what this soil has, in addition to what the rose soil offers, is cocoa core, expanded shale, worm castings, and mycorrhiza. So cocoa core can absorb up to 10 times its weight in water, and it's an excellent water retention amendment. Expanded shale improves soil aeration and drainage. Worm castings offers an organic fertilizing component that includes trace minerals. And mycorrhizal fungi improves nutrient uptake for plants. And this is essential for proper plant growth and development. And a healthy plant has an increased ability to resist diseases and overcome other stressors. I was gifted this one cubic foot of my veggie and herb soil to play around with and trial. And I'm really glad that I was given this because I noticed such a huge difference in the quality of the soil and the weight of the soil compared to what I'd already bought. So I purchased from the ground up this year twice in the largest order that they could possibly deliver for my street size. I do have a small difficult access street and I believe that my early spring or late winter purchase was 15 bags. Um, These were the cubic yard super sacks that they sell. And then my most recent purchase a couple weeks ago was 16 bags and also in the super sacks. And the first purchase had to be smaller because the weight of the decomposed granite that I purchased was too heavy for the load to have all 16 bags and then the last had more of that rose soil and so what I noticed when I did a side-by-side comparison of the my veggie and herb that I was gifted and the rose soil I purchased and the leaf mold compost I purchased was a huge weight difference between the three number one and number two obviously a textural difference because each had different components so in my side-by-side comparison The compost was heavier. Obviously, it had the manure in it, so it had the tiniest bit stickier quality, but it was actually pretty uh, lightweight compared to the clay soils that I would have on my property already. And I would feel comfortable planting directly in that, but it would be completely unnecessary to do. It is a more expensive product than than the rose soil, unless I'm remembering incorrectly, Um, And there's really no reason to plant directly in compost. The rose soil was lighter than the compost, of course. And when I was dragging my cart around full of these different products, I did have much easier time dragging around the rose soil than dragging around a cart of compost. So I already knew that was going to be the case. But I was so impressed with the lightweight quality of the My Veggie and Herb Soil When you're growing vegetables, you don't have several years to grow these plants. You have a few months, three, maybe six in Houston because we can go a double season for each warm and cool season. So what you want is really fast root growth to support top growth. If you don't have the root growth, you're not going to have the support that's needed to feed and grow your produce. So when we're talking about soil texture, soil quality, and this lightweight texture, we're talking about an ability for the plant's roots to 
reach and spread as fast as possible with as much ease as possible. And when we're talking about the My Veggie and Herb and all of those components that are added to it already for you, we're offering the plant the optimal chance to grow as many vegetables as it possibly can for a normal gardener in a normal garden space, not a gardener like me that has two acres to play around with, but a normal backyard sized garden is going to need as much growing potential in a small amount of space as possible. So supercharging your plant roots and giving them the correct soil structure as well as the right nutrients at the right times is absolutely critical in maximizing your growing potential, your produce potential, and you're getting the most value out of your time. If you value your time and you value how much labor it takes to put into a vegetable garden, then spending less time to grow the same amount of food should be important to you. Now, let me just say, I do value my time and I don't want to work harder instead of smarter. However, with the size of my garden, it can become a very expensive hobby if I don't have a trade-off. I am willing to do a little bit more labor in order to save money, but I treat that labor as exercise and I find that to be okay for me. (laughs) And as long as I'm still able and willing to do that labor, I want to do it. And I have noticed healthier changes for myself. So if you are looking to increase your health through gardening, doing that labor is very valuable. And doing that a little bit each day can go a long way towards increasing your health. However, it still goes back to that knowledge base. And if you don't know what to do, buying the right soils with the right ingredients already built in for you is very, very helpful and beneficial and will prevent you from wasting your time with all of that labor. Another stop on our tour is the gravel section. And I threw in just a couple pieces of information on the YouTube about the gravels, but basically there are many types of gravel that are sold in Houston. And I decided to focus on the ones most commonly used for vegetable gardening or pathways for residential properties. If you're looking for a low trip hazard gravel, something that is friendlier for a gardener who is injured or prone to injury, you want to go with a quarter minus decomposed granite, which is going to be ADA compliant when it's compacted. Another option if you're looking for a prettier garden may be something like a black star gravel that's going to be a little bit higher end. It may match the grays or other cool colors that your home or outdoor living space has. And it is a more decorative option. It is not ADA compliant, but you can make that decision on your own if it's going to be right for you. This gravel is probably what you're going to see if you're looking on social media for garden ideas. Because this is used in the higher end applications, whereas the decomposed granite is probably what you're going to see if you appeal to the Austin style of gardening or landscaping. Now for the companion YouTube video I did to go along with this episode, I chose not to show any other products. That was for a couple reasons. I knew the video would get a little bit too long and I didn't have the kind of time that I really needed to show all of the ground up's 
products, so I hand-selected the few that I use the most. Now, the Ground Up does sell hardwood mulches, dyed mulches, and seed-starting mediums, uh, soilless mediums. I did choose to purchase a hardwood mulch, a shredded pine bark mulch, and it's um, a pine bark mulch that's going to be very rough cut. It's going to have less surface area and therefore take a longer time to decompose. For most of my clients, I recommend something that has a little bit more surface area. It'll look nicer when it's applied. I was looking for a product that would decompose slower so that I don't have this same chore to do in 12 months. And hardwood mulches are supposed to be replaced every 12 months as they naturally decompose over that time. I also didn't showcase their cocoa core and their cocoa core with perlite soilless medium. I actually was gifted a small bag of the cocoa core perlite mix and it's a 60-40 mix and I was offered this because my seed starting video is going to be out in a couple weeks and I wanted to wait to show that product off until that video. It would give me a better opportunity to do that and I kind of needed a couple weeks to get something started in, in that soilless medium and then show what happened. I also like to do side-by-side -side comparisons and I still have a bag of peat moss, vermiculite, perlite, all separate bags purchased from the feed store. And I wanted to do seed started in the ground ups, cocoa core, perlite mix, and my own blend that I usually start seeds in and just see how everything does. I'm gonna have to choose something that grows pretty well anyways to get my timeline down just right, but I figured I'd give it a shot. Now I have been looking for something to replace my peat moss in my seed starting. Peat moss is not a renewable resource. Peat bogs take a really long time to decompose and coca core is renewable, at least faster than peat moss. The reason why I have not used coco core is for two reasons. Number one, I haven't been able to find it locally. And by locally, I don't mean Houston. By locally, I mean two minutes away. And I have been able to find peat moss. So a really simple solution to my problem is probably just to ask the local feed store to start stocking coco core. I have been using the peat moss though in the meantime, which is why I have it easily available. And for a long time, I was afraid to invest in the cocoa core because other growers that I watched or listened to didn't have a great reason for using the cocoa core. Seemed like they didn't have experience with another soilless medium. And that for me, that wasn't a good enough reason to use it. So the main reason why I want to do a side-by-side -side comparison for that seed starting video is to prove to myself the cocoa core is not going to give me poorer results than the peat moss with seed starting. Because my seed starting is an important component of how I choose to garden, I don't want to have any delayed results, or at least I want to know that those results are poorer and what they will be. However, I don't think the cocoa core is going to give me poor results. I'm kind of really excited about it, and I'm very, very pleased and appreciative that I was gifted this product to trial as well as the My Veggie and Herb. So far, the podcasts I've done have been scripted at least with bullet points to give me some direction while I'm talking, especially because I'm talking to myself. 
However, you're the person listening, so I'd love your feedback to know if you preferred this version of the podcast. I went with no script this time. I talked you through my actual experience with the tour at the ground up, except I left off a few fun pieces that I'd really love for you to see on the YouTube. I do try to make the YouTube somewhat entertaining and informative. If you have feedback on that, I'd love that as well. But I want to thank you today for joining me, learning from me. If you have any questions, I do a Q&A on Fridays on my Instagram. Sometimes that cross-posts to Facebook, but usually not. So if you have any questions, you're looking for specific answers, whether it's on today's podcast or YouTube or previous week or something completely different related to your garden, just let me know and I'm happy to answer it there. 